0: This is a WTOP original podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Vine Guy podcast. I'm your host, Scott Greenberg. Today, very special guest, President, El Presidente, Mike Reynolds, celebrating uh, 20 years at Hall Wines. Mike, this is amazing. Mike Reynolds began at the inception of Hall Wines, shortly after Craig and Catherine Hall returned from Austria in 2002. Now initially, Mike served as winemaker and general manager during the infancy of the winery, but was promoted to president in 2006. Since 2002, Reynolds has overseen development of the Hall, Walt, and Baca businesses, including production, vineyards, operations, and constructions, evidently he's a busy guy. Mike also leads the vineyard acquisition program for Catherine and Craig Hall. now own close to 500 acres of premier vineyards in napa sonoma mendocino and santa barbara counties mike previously worked for jackson family wines where he was general manager for both the stone street and verite wine facilities before joining jackson family wines he worked for 11 years at Schramsburg vineyards in napa valley where he was winemaker for eight years prior to assuming the additional role of general manager. This is hard to believe. I mean, he's sitting right in front of me because he looks great, too. He he can't possibly be old enough to be doing all this stuff. Mike holds an MBA from the University of California, Berkeley, Haas School of Business, and a BS in fermentation science from the University of California, Davis. In addition, Mike is a board member for the California Wine Institute, impressive, a member of the Young President's Organization, and vice president at Napa Little League, where he also manages a team. Very busy guy. Mike's youngest son, Jack, provided the artwork for the hall. Jack's masterpiece, Cabernet Sauvignon. Mike, you're a busy guy. I don't know how you found time to be here with me today, but it is a pleasure to welcome you to the Vine Guy podcast.
1: Well, I'm very happy to be here, Scott.
0: This is great. I mean,
1: that's a lot of stuff. Well, we have lots of projects, so it's good.
0: So tell me about some of the projects. I mean, this is... Amazing. I mean, first of all, you know, you've you been at the inception of Hall Wines. Tell me about the early
1: days. Yeah, so, um, so I met Craig and Catherine Hall. They're very interesting people. Craig is a, a serial entrepreneur. Most of his work in his life has been in real estate, and his wife, Kathy, um, today, they're in their sixth decade of making wine in Napa County, or not in Napa County, but in California. And um, when Craig and Kathy met, Craig said, what do you want to do with your next phase of your life? And Kathy said, I want to make great Cabernet Sauvignon from the Napa Valley. And so they bought their first property in 1995. Um, They arrived there and had every intention to get started. And then Kathy got a call from the White House. Um, She was asked if she would be the U.S. ambassador to Austria. So, um, Wait, they, from winemaker
0: to ambassador,
1: yes, and and so uh, they picked up their lives and moved to Vienna for almost five years, where she served as U.S. ambassador wow. to Austria. And then when they came back, we got started, um, with our wine project and in, in earnest, and so. Uh, We really got started uh, focusing on the Hall brand, which is about Cabernet Sauvignon from the Napa Valley and acquiring vineyards, replanting vineyards, building wineries. And then in 2010, we launched the Walt brand, um, which is focused on Pinot Noir and Chardonnay from all over the Pacific coast, from Santa Barbara to Oregon. And then in 2017, we launched the Baca brand, which we look at specific vineyard designated Zinfandels from all over the state. So wow. we have some some interesting, fun projects and uh, and some what we think are some pretty good wines. So we've got
0: Hall, Walt, and Baca. Yep. So Cabernet, Pinots, and Zins. Correct. Cool. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Let's backtrack a little bit, though. How did you fall into their orbit?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually looking for a job when I met them. Uh, close friend of mine um, reached out to me and they'd been doing some consulting for them and they had put together a job description of someone that they uh, were looking for who knew something about vineyards production and the business side and she read the job description and she gave me a call and she said this job description is describing you, maybe you should talk to these people and the rest is history So you
0: know that's amazing because Catherine is pretty well known, right? You know, for sure, for sure, right? Yeah. And, and yet, for some reason, I never knew it was Ambassador Hall. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a revelation today.
1: Yeah, well, she she has a very uh, busy life too. Sure. So, so
0: we've mentioned that you have these three different programs going on. Again, I'm going to repeat myself. It's going to be Hall, Walt, and Baca. What differentiates? Your wineries from other wineries that you know throughout the California, maybe even work?
1: Yeah, I think it's slightly a different answer for each brand, but at its core, um, we really believe in making wines of a place. Really? And across the three brands, we actually make 53 different wines. Um, most of them are either Appalachian specific in Napa, that would be Hell Mountain, Diamond Mountain, Stags Leaf. Rutherford, I'm missing a few, St. Helena. Oh, 53, the, you can't name a lot. Yeah, there's <laughs> a bunch. I think I think we have thir- 12 in the Hall brand. Or they're actually vineyard-designated wines. Okay. And we really believe that, that wine should reflect the place where the grapes are grown. And so, you know, at its core, we hope that people gravitate to our brand and our wines because they want to see the diversity of how wines can be demonstrated across um, the different growing places. Kind of like a Burgundian would look at Burgundy, where the vineyard, the site, the location absolutely matters, and it has a a very important impact on the style and the flavor of the wine that you're making.
0: Sorry, when you talk about vineyard design, then maybe we're talking more about using your Burgundian example, Monopole, right, coming from a specific vineyard doing
1: well, that as well as Appalachians. So, right. you know, we don't quite have the same classification system in the United States that they do in right. Europe where you have Grand Cru and Premier Cru and Village wines. But but we definitely have higher end Appalachians. I'll pick one. Appalachian As an example, uh, the Diamond Mountain, which is... Love it. Diamond Mountain is yeah. the uh, northwestern corner of the Napa Valley Appalachian above mm-hmm. Calistoga. The a beautiful hillside Appalachian. It's one of the smallest Appalachians in, in Napa County. We actually make two wines from Diamond Mountain. One is a vineyard-designated wine from a specific vineyard, a monopole, okay. to use your word. Um from the rain and vineyard. And then we also have a diamond mountain blend that comes from multiple vineyards within the Appalachian that I would describe using the French lingo as a premier crew, right? So we have the, the, the monopole and we have the premier crew coming from the Appalachian, although we use different words for of course, the United nice yeah, States. You know, yeah. yeah.
0: But it's still same my cool. idea. I love you know, I love we could kind of compare and contrast that. Yeah. Now I think we mentioned earlier there was five hundred acres. Yep. In where where is that located? Is that so all in Napa? It's
1: everywhere. No, it's not all in Napa, although we do get grapes from um, sixteen estate vineyards. Okay. Um, in addition to the five hundred acres, no, that's part. The state vineyards are part of that. 500 Thank you. Ocean. Acres, but we actually source grapes from our own vineyards and from partner vineyards from thirteen of the sixteen appalachians in the Napa Valley. So we're a little bit of everywhere, and um, because we have such a broad look at the Napa Valley, we really feel like we are more. Informed than most about what's going on in the Napa Valley because we make wines from so many places. And we're really Cabernet specialists as a result, really understanding the nuance of the different uh, vineyard locations in Napa Valley, Valley Floor, Hillside, the different climactic and elevation effects, the soil differences in all the different parts of the valley. And it matters. And it matters.
0: It does. It, yeah. it, it really does. And, and you can... You know, if you if you were in a blind tasting and you had the different appellations lined up, yeah. I'm sure you could really tell... It's not that hard, actually. Right? The difference. I mean, yeah. they have characteristics. And wine is like that. Totally. Which is a pretty cool thing. So I'm just curious. How many winemakers do you oversee?
1: Uh, well, I'm not the winemaker. No, right? but yeah. you're, you're, I, I, you're I, the I'm, guy in charge. I'm part of the group that blends the wine, but I'm definitely not the winemaker. I have two very talented women leading our winemaking operations. Megan Gunderson is our vice president of winemaking. Our senior winemaker is Allison Frictal. They've been with us forever. I think Megan's in her 17th vintage. I think Allison's in her 14th or 15th. So, um, you know, we have a a really good history. Um, We've worked together for a long time, and they are fantastic they do a great job now do
0: they oversee all the wine making from all three different projects yeah for all the brands wow yeah
1: so we're we're complicated
0: yeah that's an understatement yeah so I, you have all of these different vineyard sites you're making three different types of styles of wine right um are, are there any challenges that you see today versus what you think is coming down the road in five fifteen twenty years
1: You know, my hope for the industry is that uh, people really begin to understand the importance of where the grapes are grown and that American consumers get more tuned in, not just to buying Napa or Sonoma or Mendocino or Santa Rita Hills, but really tuned in to they like Diamond Mountain in Napa Valley, or they like... Rutherford in Napa Valley, they like Howl Mountain in Napa Valley, or if I flip it to Pinot Noir, right, they like Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir or Russian River Pinot Noir, or, you know, where they're really honing in on exactly where the grapes come from because the wines taste different. And for me, it's it's less about the brands that that overlie, although, you know, I think the winemaker has an important hand in that, but it's really about the vineyards. And I hope the industry goes in that way as we move forward in time. Have you seen consumers pick up on that? I think the high-end consumers are definitely picking up on that. They're starting to buy places more than they're buying brands. But it's it's different here in the United States. Um, the brands and the brand of the counties has more power than it does in other parts of the world. So... Uh, the Europeans, for example, have spent hundreds of years branding the place. We're we're still figuring that out. So
0: it's, you know that's really interesting because I've really never thought about somebody diving. De- I mean, of course, I do because you know, this is kind of that's what you do. what I do. Yes. but it's interesting because I've never really thought about it from the consumer side when they just see Napa Valley on the label versus a specific appellation or even maybe more a vineyard dozen. I mean, people can maybe. Appreciate a vineyard designate, but I, I think it's fascinating about the Appalachian because you're right, in Europe, they do brand Appalachian. Yeah. That's fascinating. One one question sort of related, and, and again, I, I don't know how to use the word different than challenge, so I apologize if you come up with a better word. Uh, maybe the other word is opportunity, but what do you see the future of, of your three different projects uh, with climate change coming you know, does it affect you at all? Do you pay attention to it at all?
1: Well, of of course, of course, we pay attention to it, um, and I am, am absolutely not. Um, I am absolutely a believer that it is changing. Um, however, it's going to need to change a lot before it really makes a, a dramatic difference in the places where we grow grapes. Okay. So, I think over a long period of time, hundred years. I would, be con- I would have some concerns if we don't turn the ship around. But in the near term, 20, 30, 40 yeah. years, I'm not, that, I'm not that worried. Well, It's you're, not keeping me up at night. You're,
0: you're pretty young looking. Maybe 100 years from now, you'll start making <laughs> some, uh, some changes. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we've been talking about these wines and the place in the uh, uh, Appalachian. I want to try some. So it's time sure. to, uh, for my favorite part of the podcast,
1: what's in your glass? There we go. Well, we have two wines here. Yep. Uh, One is from the Walt brand, and actually I brought down some library wines for you to try here. So uh, again, Walt focuses on Pinot Noir, and we make wine from Santa Barbara to Oregon. So we actually make wines from uh, Santa Rita Hills, from the San Lucia Highlands. From Napa Carneros, from the Sonoma Coast, from the Anderson Valley, and from the Willamette Valley. So, wow. across that stretch, it's a thousand miles. And this wine that we're tasting right here is actually a vineyard designate, a monopole, if you will. To okay, okay. It, Thank you. Um, uh, that comes from the Pepi Vineyard in Santa Barbara County in the Santa Rita Hills. It's actually one of the very first vineyards planted in the Santa Rita Hills. Uh, by Stephen and Kathy Pepe in the late 1980s. They were pioneers. Yeah, as I was going to
0: say, that's and pretty the, early to be in you know, that area.
1: And the interesting thing about the Santa Rita Hills, you know, if I'm going to focus on Appalachians, I'm going to talk about the Appalachians and what makes them interesting. I dare you. Two things. Uh, first is, it's the only east-west valley in California. So the hills actually run east-west and it, there's, it opens right to the ocean which allows the fog just to roll in. just a of, funnel. Yes, it's a funnel. And so it has an unusually cool climate. It's pretty far south, but very cool, heavy marine influence. And then the other thing that makes this um, a fascinating place to grow grapes is it's the largest deposit of di- diatomaceous earth in the world, and the soils everywhere in that Appalachian are made up of <clears throat> diatomaceous earth. So an ancient seabed right. that was geologically pulled to the surface. And I think that soil type is what really makes the very typical character of the stand of Reedy Hills stand mm-hmm. out.
0: Can't wait. Great nose. Wonderful nose. Very, <laughs> just a, a very uh, perfumed nose.
1: Yep. Very powerful a lot of uh, dark cherry fruit, some raspberry, yeah. a little bit of... There's a little lavender in there, too. A little bit of floral. Um, wow, pretty lift. Some, some really nice... Um, uh, you know, this is an older wine. This is a 2016, mm. so showing some nice age. And then oh, wow. On the palate, it's just a blockbuster. Right? That is fantastic. It's big, it's rich, it's got wonderful chalky mm. acidity. It's just, it's yummy. That
0: is yummy. That is a good word for this wine. <laughs> yummy. Um, that is that is absolutely stunning.
1: Yeah, this is not a wine where you have to talk about it too much. You just drink it and enjoy it and and, and don't think about it too much. Yeah,
0: I am thinking about it, though, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about the next sip. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some more. Yeah, no, one. this is delicious. You know, I really, um, I mean, I kind of have in my head what I think I would, what kind of meal I would enjoy this but I wanted what would you what would you pair this
1: with? Uh, you know this is it's a pretty big one it's, it's a big one it's not a light Pinot Noir and, and that's what we love about this particular vineyard in the Santa Rita Hills mm. you know my my favorite Pinot Noir pairing is turkey or salmon I just think it goes yeah. amazingly well and, and because this wine is so powerful you can it's not just turkey or salmon you could put you Know some rich glazes on it, you know, teriyaki salmon uh, would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, i, I you know, I, I'm just thinking
0: of a beautifully grilled pork chop that would work, I think would be just delicious, you know, because this is this wine has so much umami in it, yeah, yeah, right? It just keeps on keeping on. And that's a 2016,
1: 16, yeah. I, I had I brought a I have a whole range of wines, so I thought I'd bring some library wines down for you. Well, when you say you have
0: a whole range of wines,
1: I should probably take just a moment
0: to to just announce to uh, our listeners that we are here in Park City, Utah, for the Red, White, and Snow fundraiser for the National Ability Center. And I am so thrilled that you are here with third of your closest friends. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) And, uh, boy, I I, I can tell why you brought this wine, because you just want to show off. It, this is a show off wine this is beautiful it's good That's going to turn it's going to turn some heads
1: oh, Wow! I'm uh, glad you like it I love it I love it alright uh, what's in my next glass ok so the second wine also library wine is a wine from 2014 and it's a Cabernet Sauvignon okay. from the Hall brand and the wine is called 1873 so we have a few wines that are not vineyard specific but they're blends of a certain style and so, even though there isn't an appellation drawn, um, 1873 is derived from the eastern hills of Napa Valley, from Howell Mountain down to Atlas, Atlas Peak. So we pull grapes from, from all of those places to go into this wine. We made up our own appellation, if you will. Drawn from Mountain Cabernet, it's a really dense, concentrated expression of uh, Napa Valley Cabernet, very powerful, very intense. And this point yeah. now has nine years of age on it, too. Yeah. So, right. you know, that helps soften it and fill it out.
0: And for our so. listeners, what's that mountain range? Well, that, oh, that
1: is called the Vaca yep. mountain
0: yep. range. Yep. So. Just uh, to give people perspective, if they ever look at a map, they can see that it's the, the Vaca, which means cow,
1: I believe. I, it's exactly right.
0: <laughs> Again, I swallow. That's okay. That's, that's that's got some structure
1: yeah so uh that is
0: yeah i get you
1: so if you look at our vineyard portfolio we have a a real uh preponderance of hillside vineyards Uh Um, we we really believe that the hillside vineyards in in napa valley are what makes napa valley special Mm. and for those of you who who maybe aren't familiar with the difference between hillside and valley floor vineyards um the hillside vineyards tend to be in shallower soils um, and so the vines are searching for nutrients and um, water in the rocky uh, subsoils and as a result the vines tend to struggle a little bit more the fruit that's developed tends to be a bit more concentrated yeah. the wine has more structure and um, and so as i said we're, we're pulling grapes from this whole mountain range to put into a blend for me you know, this one has really a wonderful chocolate coffee and a... Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly... I was going
0: to say, This it's just got this beautiful... You sort of get this black fruit right up front, but in the core you get this... Chocolate or mocha yeah. notes that are going on—that it's just—it's still here, right? Yeah. I mean, how long we've we been talking? I can still yeah. still taste it. And there's a you really know,
1: deep, a dark, later. dark core of black fruit, whether you call it blackberry yeah. or P- black oh, cherry, right. or yeah. it's just a that cassis. dark black
0: fruit with that that chocolate coffee core in the middle of it. Yeah.
1: Wow. And it, then on the palate, the um, go back in, it go go in. Um, you know, it's just really, uh, I think one of the things that um, does help differentiate our wines from some others is, mm-hmm. is that we really put a focus on wines having a very kind of rich, full mid palate, Yeah. And you feel, you can feel the viscosity and the texture, and it's it's got a wonderful fruit finish, and... Um, Again, it's yummy. Yeah, there is you know, <laughs> that word again. Uh, you know, there is no
0: hole in the middle of that palate. No, it it coats front to back, and and that, my friend, is is really a, a, a applause to the winemaker for uh, that the structure on this wine.
1: Yeah, it tastes it's, good.
0: It Tastes good, but the structure it just really fills out the entire palate. That's it's lovely. I, I, mean, I gotta go get a steak. I'll be right back. <laughs> I mean, this is just a beautiful. One. You know what I like about this wine? It doesn't even need food. No, it really good. doesn't. I mean, most cabs. No, and no offense meant to anybody in, in Napa Valley or or Sonoma. A lot of cabs. I won't even say most, but it's just a lot of cabs. You know, they, they fill out better if you've got you know a, a steak or something. You know that has a, some fat or something to to help it cut through. This wine. I, I just I just need a barco lounger, perfect, right? This is beautiful. Thank you. Well That's done. Fantastic. Cheers, so, cheers. But <sniffs> mm. also, what's beautiful is spending time with you here at the uh, red, white, and snow. Thank you so much for being here this week. It's oh, I love great. this event. It's fun. Yeah, and thank you for being on the podcast. It's yeah, been a pleasure. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Scott. My pleasure. Right. That'll do it for this episode of the Vine Guy.